Okay, hello again, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. So today we got an exciting film to talk about. I want to talk about this film because, you know, it's kind of, it's got a big kind of uh, fan base online and it's about to be re-released again in theaters uh, at the end of the month. So I thought we would talk about Alita Battle Angel. So, um, yeah. yeah, this is, so this is a film, it's based on a anime manga. And this was an interesting project. This is like another one of these films that, you know, there are films that just like, they kind of get stuck in development for a long time, like some, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. And this was a film that James Cameron wanted to direct. And he had been working on it in the nineties, like sometime after he did Titanic. And he was like, basically trying to do different projects, Avatar and this and some other stuff. And the technology just wasn't there. So he decided to um, just go into the ocean and go deep diving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he basically did that for like 10 years. And so then finally the technology after they did Avatar was there to do Alita. Uh, But he decided not to direct it and instead have Robert Rodriguez direct the film. But he did, he and some other people worked on the screenplay. So yeah, this is like one of these long-standing projects that finally got made in 2019 after a long, long wait. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. So had you ever heard of this film at all? Like, uh, or, or this, this property or this, this character? Um, no, I, I heard about it when it was, when it went into production, basically like real production, not like development hell as they call it in the business. Um, <laughs> but no, and I was just like, Oh, okay. I really didn't have too many thoughts about it. I didn't know its history, that it was a manga. Um, I think I vaguely remember my sister's boyfriend, who is more into anime, at least knows more about it than I do anyway, um, mentioned it. Like, yeah, they're making it. And he kind of gave me a brief rundown of what it was. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I kind of am a little hesitant when they try, when American studios want to make something based on an anime or a manga. Because... Um, Generally, it doesn't always seem like it's perce- received well. So I was kind of just like, mm, okay. Um, and then when you mentioned that you wanted to do that again, because time had passed and I heard that there was some controversy about it. Um, and that made me kind of want to watch it because I like movies that have some controversy controversy surrounding them. Yeah. Yeah. This, this film, um, I would say that it has a very strong uh, fan base. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a lot of people who are like pushing trying to get a, a sequel made or something or get get some more um i don't know well, some more momentum for another film we'll talk about well, i'm sure we'll talk about later on why there should be one in my opinion and how you can't leave me like that i know yeah because <laughs> i wanted more i i wanted more <laughs> so many things going for it and I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the plot of this film. So um, <clears throat> there's kind of like, you know, there, there's this, um, a lot of films now they do this thing where there's opening credits and there's like the logo of the, of the company. And so in this one, it was, it was Fox. Fox doesn't exist anymore. Now uh, Fox has been <laughs> assimilated by Disney, the Borg. Yep. Yeah, resistance is futile. Pretty much. I just need the board. Yeah. It's just the board. 
so we got assimilated but but we finally get to hear and you know one of the things two people always love is that fanfare you know that 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 music at the beginning yep. i just i i can't it's kind of hard for me to imagine things like star wars without the fanfare yeah right it just doesn't feel the same i don't know it just doesn't well, feel exactly i i always associate that um use that that fanfare with Star Wars because those are the movies that we watched the most that were by 20th Century Fox. Um, so when I hear that music, I automatically my brain goes to Star Wars every time. Yeah, yeah, and and there was something about it too because you hear the fanfare and then you hear dun, 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 right. It's just like this musical. Sort it feels of... like a, just a continuation of the fanfare. Like that music yes. goes with John Williams' score for Star Wars. Like they fit. It's like a this perfect marriage with it and. I don't know. It's just not. It's not there anymore. I know. Yeah. Made some turds over the years, but like. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. It, it doesn't have a completely bad legacy either. Yeah, it is kind of sad to see the fanfare go away. Honestly, it's like one of those staples yeah. of like film. Um, so yeah, we get the fanfare here. We get the 20th century, and then it switches over to like the 20 26th century Fox logo, and we get this like uh, title card. It's like the the year is 2563. 300 years after the fall. Um, and then there's this city. Like, the first thing we see is this city. It's, like, up in the clouds. It's, like, floating there. Um, and we see, like, this garbage falling. Um, and, you know, then we see this guy in this these scrap heaps. And he finds this person's body, right? Of, of like, a cyborg or an android or something like that. Um, and then he, like, takes her in and he fixes her up and he gives her... Like she just has like a head from like here to here and he gives her a body and and then she wakes up and she's like figuring out her new body and everything um okay so right off the bat let's talk about how alita looks in this film right that was the, the first controversy i heard about was yeah. the eyes those eyes she has the anime eyes she does she definitely has the anime eyes and it's it's a little, like, I'd seen pictures before and stuff like that of, like, what we were going to be expecting. And while it is a little, it's a little jarring at first because that's not how people look, she's not a person entirely. I mean, she is a person later on, but, like, I don't know. It just seemed normal within their world. It just, everything else was so bizarre that it was just kind of like, okay, why not? <laughs> it's a really strong choice. I like it. I, I think it works for me. They did a really good job of making her look unique but not look uh, inhuman you know what i'm saying no she definitely and i think part of that is the actress's performance like yeah. she she <clears throat> must have had some idea or at least they explained her hey this is how we might make it look in post-production but she was in an emotion capture suit right like yeah yeah yes so her imagination has to kind of run similarly to how she is assuming it's going to look later on. And I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was some of the most flawless work I've ever seen. Um, I, I read somewhere that the amount of motion capture that went into all of Gollum was in one of her eyes or something like that. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like in, just, in just one eyeball. And I was like, what? Right? That is so much time. No wonder this movie took a freaking long time. Like, cause they, and I'm really glad they didn't do it in the nineties cause the technology was not there. It was absolutely not there. I can imagine how this movie would have been in the nineties and it's kind of scary. Um, I think it would have been a, a freak show in the nineties, but no, I thought she looked amazing. I thought she looked 
flawless. And again, what the actress was able to bring to that kind of performance is she was great. <laughs> I really think that this film has some of the coolest special effects I've ever seen, especially with the motion capture and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I move over Marvel. I'm sorry. This movie blew me away at times, really blew me away. Yeah, we'll get to there's there's this one shot at the very end of the film that I remember when I saw it in theaters, I was like, whoa, that, you know, like there <clears throat> there are certain times where you see like the first time people saw the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park that were CGI and it blew people away. And then, you know, there's like the first time we saw the T-1000, um, all the this felt like one of those kinds of movies where I'm like, OK, you've taken this to another level. And I really felt like Alita was like another step where we're we're breaking ground into something new and different. And I, I was very impressed, really, for me. Yeah, I was incredibly <laughs> impressed. I just like the it's kind of like how when they were doing Lord of the Rings, sometimes they would just be making things up or creating new ways of of of, of um, creating things, basically, as they were going because they had to. It's like, you know. We have these tools, but how can we make them work better for us? And that's kind of like, this is like the pinnacle of that. This is like, this is what you can do. And it's, it's breathtaking. Like it was literally just, I was so, I was sitting so close to my screen because I wanted to just see every detail. And on it, this is a movie that I would have, I would have definitely seen it in theaters. If I had known more about it, I, re I so regret not seeing it in theaters. <laughs> I know it's coming back out at the end of the month, but uh, Regal is kind of, circling the drain as it were yeah. uh, <laughs> regal is the closest theater to me yeah um circling the drain that's a good way to put it <laughs> it is um but yeah regal i think there's another theater that might, might be like an, an hour away that's not regal but um i don't know if they'll have it because it's kind of like a smaller theater but anyway um this is a movie that was made for the big screen. It's not bad on the small screen either or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but it was made to be just a yeah. thing. Like it's a tapestry yeah. of so many moving parts. And when you think about how many moving parts are going into all of these shots, it's just, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I really like too, is like, there's this moment where she's like looking at her hands and I, I just, I was so impressed by, <laughs> by all of it. Like the way, the way that they, they made her look and move it felt so real and so authentic because like, um that's her that's the actress that's her bringing this she's yeah. clumsy when she gets out of bed she falls down she she's not scared she's just kind of wow like she alita is wow about everything and i love it she's yeah. so precious and it's yeah she is it's kind of like a coming of age story too which i also really enjoy mm-hmm because yeah. even though she's been, she's had like this past life, she's kind of like a kid again in the beginning of the movie. Yes. And it's yes. so she's very childlike. She's not afraid of anything. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the person who uh, created her and gave her a new body was this guy, Dr. Dyson Ito, who's played by Christoph Waltz. Um, so yeah, Christoph Waltz is a very interesting actor, right? Mm -hmm. So he, no one knew who he was for probably three quarters of his career. Right. No one knew anything about him. No one knew who he was. He was in stuff no one ever watched. Then he's in, uh, gives one of the greatest performances ever. One of the greatest characters that Quentin Tarantino's ever created in Inglorious Bastards. Um, and then he's huge. Right. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like how um, Alan Rickman didn't become an actor until he was like 40. 
So most yeah, of it, which so is crazy, was, right? Which is crazy. Like he didn't do. He was doing a bunch of different. He had a whole other life before he became an actor, and which I think is really fascinating. And then Christoph Waltz kind of reminds me of something similar, um, similar story. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I will say I don't like <laughs> Inglorious Bastards. However, that does not mean I don't think he did badly. I he scared the. There's a scene where he is incredibly violent. And it scared the crap out of me. I was like, is he really choking her to death? Because I think he's choking her to death. Yeah. Like, I think he's really killing her. Yeah, he he's like he he's such a great actor in, in that in that film. And I think he's probably one of the few people who could like really get what that character is about and get it across. Did um, you see um, Big Eyes? No, I haven't seen Big Eyes. I wanna see it, but I haven't seen it yet. He's such a monster. Mm. He's such a monster in that movie. He's an interesting character, but I, I think so. Well, the reason why I think he really works in this film for me is that for a while. Okay. So Hollywood now has this new toy, which is Christoph Waltz, but they don't really know what to do with him. <clears throat> so they cast him as villains, of course. <clears throat> but he's not really a villainous. He's not like your must, you know, mustache. They, they cast him as a mustache twirling villain. He's that's not finally not- whiplash from freaking Rocky and Bowwinkle, you know, cartoons. He's not that he can be, but I think his performance in Django Unchained was like, whoa, because I love his character yeah. in Django Unchained. I love that movie. Um, yeah, he he's he's and that and that I think that film really shows who he really worked. He's either good as <clears throat> a very sympathetic good guy or a very meticulous, calculating kind of ev- evil guy. Those are the things that really, yeah, yeah. Like the person who's like really calculating how and what he's going to do to, to, to harm you. Like though, like he can do the mustache trolling villain, but it doesn't really work as well. No. Um, right. I think his villainous, his, his best villainous side has been in Inglorious Bastards. I think he gave us everything that he had for villains in that movie. Yeah. Um, in big eyes, he's just a piece of shit, but he's, He's, he's the worst kind of normal bad person, if that makes any sense. I, I That doesn't make sense. Um, because we all know someone like him. Yeah. So uh-huh. that, make, that makes him more villainous in like the real world. And then he's 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 lovely in, in Alita. He's so good. Like, he is. I was so worried that they were going to misuse him or that he was just going to be the guy who fixes things and that he wasn't going to actually do anything, but he doesn't, he does a lot in that movie. He doesn't sit on the sidelines and let Alita do everything. Um, and it's nice kind of seeing him step into like that. Oh, maybe he can be like also father figures and heroes and you know, uh, the mentor, you know, the yeah. Obi-Wan a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I really think this is right in this sweet spot of who he is. He's a very, like he gives off empathy really well. He's really, like you said, as the mentor, he's really good as that, as that. And that's exactly who he is in this film. And it's, it's spot on for what works, I think for him as an actor to do it's right in his wheelhouse. Um, yeah. So he, he's the one. So Dr. Dyson Ito is the one who like puts her back together and he kind of basically takes her on his, his wing and he's trying to tell her about the world. And so then we get into like the world building stuff. So they are in this, this place called Iron City, which is underneath Zalm, which is the floating city we saw while the garbage was falling. Um, and basically says that everyone moved <clears throat> to um, everyone moved to Iron City after the fall, which was this massive war. Uh, and all the other flying cities 
fell and Zalem's the last one left. And now everyone basically works to keep Zalem afloat. Uh, and then we get some other stuff like they see this this motorball game on television. And motorball that was so cool. <laughs> yeah. So motorball, it kind of reminds me of I think it was called rollerball. Was this uh, there was this like film from like the seventies? I think it was like a Roger Corman film. That sounds vaguely familiar. Yes. Yeah. So rollerball, I, and they're both similar. It, it's just how close to the arena can you make a sport, quote unquote sport, where people are you know basically murdered <laughs> for the entertainment of of other humans. And the crowd. Um, the yeah, crowd the crowd. Goes wild. The crowd goes wild, seeing people get killed. Um, yeah. So yeah, Ito is showing her around. Uh, she Alita sees this dog, and then she befriends the dog. Yeah. The dog. If my dog was just a little shaggier, that would look like Ellie. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. And then this robot's about to crush the dog. Ugh. Fucking robots, man. I know. It's like a century. And so then Alita saves the dog and she meets Hugo. And uh, so this is like another one of the interesting plot lines in this movie that we'll have fun to talk about. So she meets Hugo and it's love at first sight. Like she's mm-hmm. like enamored with him immediately. Um, and I love like someone, a whole bunch of people like made this comments about Hugo. Like they said, like the actor and the character just looks like the. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, 90s love, you know, the 90s cool boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no, totally. He, he really was. Like, I even thought he was super cute. <laughs> like, I was just like, oh, that's the kind of guy I liked in high school who didn't like me. So, <laughs> I had to grow into my face. It was a thing. Um, but, yeah, he was, he was, and you know what? He wasn't bad. I, was, I wasn't holding out too much hope because when, let's face it, pretty boy, action movie not always a great cocktail for anything great but no he was good yeah. that actor was pretty good i liked his character um because they made him do stuff he wasn't just there fawning over alita he wasn't just there following her around like a puppy dog she's following him around she's following um, him around yeah but their relationship gradually develops it's not instantaneous makeout sessions and stuff like that it's it's gradual they're friends first yeah she has a crush on him but they're friends, and I like that. Yeah, she she's like immediately really interested in him, but he's like kind of standoffish at first. They both know Doctor Ito. Um, he like supplies Doctor Ito with some hardware, pretty much, because Doctor Ito pretty much he's like the local doctor that you know, like like if you if you had a town doctor that did services for free, like back in the day. Mm-hmm. So Doctor Ito pretty much does, but in this world. Um, you gotta <clears throat> fix robots, pretty much, because a lot of people have robotic parts. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so you know, that's the first time we meet Hugo, and that there can be a big love story in this film. Uh, and then there's like some more kind of subplots, building stuff up. Uh, Doctor Rito's helping this guy, and then the guys, the guy, like his arms were cut off or something like that by some jackers. Some people, they're people who like they they, you know, instead of like someone mugging you and taking your wallet someone will mug you and then take your robotic arm yeah yeah which is like pretty messed up right yeah it's it's dark i mean instead of boosting parts for cars like how we would that that's the equivalent is people who like just steal parts out of your car when it's parked or something like that these guys are literally taking parts of people though um 
and it's damn, it's kind of, it's pretty messed up because like yeah. you take you take their arms and legs and you just leave the torso there. You know, they're still conscious. They're still waiting for someone to come along, and someone might come along and take the rest of them. You know, no, it's pretty horrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like I said, it's pretty horrible. Um, and then there's this other stuff about like there's someone don't know who it is who's killing women at night. Um, and Alita starts seeing like Doctor Yuto like his arm is bleeding or something like that, and so she's starting to, you know, suspect that he's maybe the one who's yeah, doing the killing. Off. There's a couple red flags. Uh huh. Yeah, there's a couple red flags. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so then we meet uh, Sharon, who's played by Jennifer Connelly, who is um, Doctor Ito's wife, ex-wife, and so she, Jennifer Connelly, sees um, Alita, and you know, there's some, there's something about her that's kind of like, you know, about Alita that I don't know, just like sets her off. Then we get this exposition of like. Basically, Alita was their daughter. Their daughter died, and that's sort of a reason why they're no longer living on Zalem. Um, and again, Sheeran is another sort of like Doctor Ito, a very, very intelligent and very, very good at like you know doing this cybernetics and stuff like that. Yeah, um, she's but kind she, of like his altar, you know, like he's doing it to help people. She's doing it to kind of help herself. Yeah, they're both. I think they both took the trauma and they went different ways. Yep. So Ido became selfish, selfless. She became selfish. Yeah. And so then we see she's working for this guy, Vector, who's played by Mahershala Ali, who um, pretty much what they do is they, they build these super competitors for our motorball. Um, and that's sort of, she's doing that as a way to get back to, to, to Zalem. Yeah, uh, to get hoping. back into the good graces of the sit sky city. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then we get uh, a scene where, so Alita, again, hanging out with Hugo, and Hugo and his crew are playing uh, motorball. And we get this this scene where we really got kind of see motorball on a small scale, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to what they do professionally, which we'll find later. Um, I really like the scene. The scene was pretty fun. Uh, one of my favorite parts is, like, so... Um, Hugo's friend, uh, Tanji, like, I think he clotheslines her, right? Yeah. Clotheslines Alita? Yeah, he said, straight <laughs> off the bat. Yeah, and he just, like, clotheslines the new girl. And, oh, God, that scene actually brought back some, like, so I like to play Ultimate Frisbee in high school. And, obviously, when you first start at anything, you suck. Yeah. Well, I got a little bit better. And, eventually, like, there were these kids from another high school who heard we were playing in the park at, like, this after school. And we were just having, like... A, a friendly game and they came along and tried to do something similar and one of them actually um r- ran into me and shoved me really hard in my back which i contribute a lot of my current issues with my back and knocked the wind out of me i was i don't think i was completely unconscious but i remember waking up with my my science teacher standing over me and i was mad it was we i took my gloves off after that <laughs> i was not yeah. there and i kicked their ass and yeah, so I, I kicked their ass and I felt a <laughs> lot of similarities in that scene where I was like, okay, we're going to play that way. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, so like Alita has this look, you know, that look where you're like, oh, you want to play like that? So yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah. Um, and then she just like messes him up. 
And, she like uh, takes his knees out, takes him out from his legs, and then flips him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like that, you know, because then again, it's like, you know, she's she's a lot of this film is like she's very childlike, she's very naive. Yeah. And then you know she has to learn how the world works, and then she learns, hey, some people are a dick, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna mess you up, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, because like. You gotta, you gotta stand up to people sometimes, and that was her exactly. way of standing up to him. Like, I'm not actually a pushover, and you might think you're really cool and great at this game, but you're just a little turd. And yeah. I'm just as good, if not better, at this game than you are. And yeah, kids are dicks sometimes. They really are. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. And so again, and this is like the first we're seeing more of what's going to come out in her personality. Like when you push her, she will push back really hard. Yeah, and that's what I like about this movie too, because. In the same way her relationship with Hugo is very gradual, it's the same with like her developing her strength and her resolve in some ways, but also like her, her power, like her natural gifts that she has is very gradual. We don't see it immediately. We get like tastes of it and it gets better and better each time. Yeah, it, yeah, totally. Um, and so then, you know, there, Hugo and Alita are hanging out some more and then he's sort of telling her more about the world and then we get to meet the bounty hunters of Pan. So Zapan is another one of my absolute favorite things of this film. He looks so cool in this movie. He I mean, cool. yeah, I liked his um his armor and stuff like that. That was pretty neat. Yeah, so like the way they did how he looks, like his back is like all mechanical and it's very kind of clockwork and um almost like steampunk. Yes. It just looks so cool. It's just, it's one of my favorite parts of this movie. Um, and he has this really cool sword. And, you know, Hugo tells her, like, guns are outlawed, so people carry swords and, and like, we'll see some other really crazy weapons. But mm-hmm. because guns are outlawed, there are some really interesting weapons that people use that are all kind of like, it's like a cyberpunk take on a, you know, melee weapon pretty much <laughs> yeah and it's kind of because swords are outlawed and things like that they kind of have to weaponize their bodies which i think is pretty cool um and that yeah, comes into play more and more throughout the throughout the film mm-hmm. yeah and so you know this is another i think hugo like it's a very hugo takes alita to this place it's a very kind of like kind of like aladdin right he has this kind of like aladdin-esque hideout and it's overlooking you know in aladdin aladdin was obsessed with the the palace and Hugo is obsessed with Zalem. Um, and he really, you get, like, he just wants to get there. He thinks it's going to fix his life. Yeah. And, yeah, that might be his downfall. <laughs> it, it often is. Like, it's not, you know, grass is not always greener on the other side. And that's, but that's part of, like, I think what makes her, like, sorry. <coughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. What ultimately makes her fall in love with him is because he is, he's a dreamer. And the guy that they fall in love with is always a dream. Um, because then his dream becomes their dream. And yeah, it's just like a, a sweet, he, it was sweet. Like, I just think he's like, I know we'll get into more about Hugo, I'm sure. But um, at the, at the end of the day, like, I think he's just like, he's just a sweet kid who just wants to be, who wants to have a better life. And I think that's something that we can all relate to. Yeah, totally. Um, especially when you're, you know, with, when, cause like, you know, he's super poor and he lives in this world that kind of keeps you down. And then, you know, everyone's basically told him, oh, yeah, you're never going to be anything other than X. 
you're never going to be this. You can never go there. You can't do this. He's like, and he just seems like, well, why can't I, why can't I like live on Zalem? Why can't I like not have to hustle to live? Why can't I be comfortable? Why can't I do what I want to do in life? And that, I feel like that's like what they're trying to do with this character. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I agree. Yeah. So then later on at night, uh, so Alita watches Dr. Ito kind of head out. Um, and she's kind of, again, she's, she's very, she suspects him of something. So she follows him. And then, um, we see this woman coming down a dark alleyway and, uh, uh, he, he's wearing a briefcase and then he takes out of his briefcase, this giant scythe with a rocket at the end of it. That was badass. <laughs> Isn't that so cool? Because <laughs> even I was like, man, even if he is like a villain in this movie, that's a pretty cool weapon. Like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Like, so he's got, yeah, he's got a rocket scythe hammer. Like, goddamn, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like about to kill this woman, and then uh, Alita stops him. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. And it's a trap. Plot and so. Twist. Mm -hmm. it's a trap and then they get attacked by like three different um i don't know i don't know what i don't know what you would call these people like they're just kind of it's almost like it's so what i like about the the villains that see they're usually more primarily i mean besides vector and stuff like that they're more primarily almost entirely stripped away of whatever he what would make them human they just have the face you know, they just have the mouth. And while That's Alita a great is, point. Yeah, while Alita is, is similar in that regard, we, we know that she's still better. Like there's still there's still elements of your her humanity because she's looking at everything in wonder and wants to learn everything. Um, while our villains, including Japan, it's just, it's literally just a face. Everything else is just metal. And I think that's what kind of it's like this last stage of stripping away whatever humanity is left. Yeah, that's a great point. Like they every most of the villains we we see that yeah, they're either barely human or they are sort of they they're a mouthpiece for someone else that we'll get to. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and and but Alita has she's very human. <laughs> As a matter of fact, um <laughs> this is a great line Hugo says like you're the most human person I've ever met. Mm -hmm. He says that about her. Um, and that's sort of the contrast, right? Is that there's all these robotic, very, um, almost, they almost feel like alien, right? Yeah, because she has arms and legs that we can see are very human-like, you know? Even her hands, like when you were mentioning that earlier, she has fingernails. If you look really, really closely, because it almost looks like ivory, um, the way that there's carvings in them and, like, the fingernails. Like, Garishka is literally just bolts and blades like there's not there's no fingers there's nothing that we can really um qualify as human parts except his face um and the same goes for like his his two henchmen and stuff like that um because yeah, there's see, a, yeah because when we see ito in his like infirmary and he's helping people there's a humanity to them there's they yes. want their parts back they don't want they want an arm and a leg they don't want a giant sword on their freaking hand because that'll, <laughs> like He's like, yeah, they took my legs. I don't know why. This is really going to fuck up my job. Yeah, because yeah. you need fingers for whatever work you're doing. <laughs> you're not a criminal, so you don't need a sword hand. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like they traded in 
any sort of like like you said the humanity having digits so that you can work and do the stuff to just i my hand is a sword my hand is a scythe my hand is whatever um yeah and it's because they've they've chosen that path where they're gonna be pretty much working you know i don't know doing evil um so yeah so uh dr rito's like yeah he's fighting grishka with the with the rocket rocket scythe um but he's he's not strong enough to fight these people he tells alita to run away but she does not run away uh alita is a fighter and so she fights she she fights both of them she fights this woman who's like again like you said her arm her hand is like a knife i think even her feet are like kind of like blades too so alita fights this chick and kills her um just like bashes her head into like <laughs> takes her head off with her knee that's pretty badass yeah. like that's yeah. kind of cool like i wish my knees were that strong god damn yeah like. yeah and then he she like fights this other guy too there's this other guy i forget what she does to him but she she takes him out pretty easily she chops him up i think or something yeah, terrible she's... but yeah she, she messes him up. he never has <laughs> a chance like these yeah. back alley freaking criminals are just so out of their depth and, and yeah like, yeah, and then she so then she takes on Grushka, who's massive. He's like hella big. Uh, Grushka and and uh, Grushka's the voice by Jackie Earl Haley, uh, of of Watchmen fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so they fight, and then there's this interesting moment where she like does this fighting move. She like jumps up above him, and then she like does a spinning. Uh, I I mean like like a kick or something, and then she has a flashback, right? <laughs> And this is another really cool scene. So there's this flashback of her fighting on Mars. Like, that was so awesome. On the moon. I'm sorry, on the moon. So she's fighting on the moon, and they're like, and they're like, a bunch of soldiers. It's so awesome. Like, I loved that moment. I was just like, I want more of that. I need more. And this movie gives so much, but it makes you want more. And I loved that. Like, that, just that moment of her, like, spinning around and fighting on the moon. Like with all of her like badass like friends and stuff like that. Yeah, it was great. It was so good. And what's cool too is so there's a voice that's very familiar for us. Um, and so this this so like Alita's companion, like this 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 person that always keeps coming up, voiced by Michelle Rodriguez, <laughs> which which feels it, oh. yeah, is Michelle Rodriguez, yeah, which is a very James Cameron-y kind of thing because like you know she was. I feel like I feel like Michelle Rodriguez is basically the the replacement of um, of whoever played Vasquez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. It feels yeah. like there was Vasquez, and then there was like, and she was in, uh, she was in um, Aliens, and she was in um, Terminator Two. Yep. And then in Avatar, he just kind of like had Michelle Rodriguez as the young version of her. There's always like the 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 badass Latina. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, I'm pretty sure that the girl who plays Alita is also Latina um, as well. Um, yeah. And it was it was nice seeing that. I'm glad she. I'm glad that was involved. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh my god. She she's also the the person who plays Alita. She's in some Star Trek franchise, right? Or or like an episode or something like that. I believe. Maybe I, I know her last name is Salazar. Yeah, it's Rosa Salazar. Yep. I I, I know she was in some Star Trek thing. Um, where she played like a captain, I think. Yeah, she was in a short track. Yeah. She was in a short track where she played a captain. It wasn't my favorite short track, quite frankly. Um, however, she kind of plays a captain who, uh, it's like her first commission, basically. And it all goes wrong. 
Not it's not her fault, but it all goes wrong and tribbles are involved and they kind of just take over the ship and at the end of it she's in like an inquiry and they're like Oh so you're saying your ship blew up because of tribbles and she's like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it blew happened. up? Oh yeah. Um Oh, no. is like a mad scientist who just won't stop he won't he knows how to stop the tribbles from reproducing but he won't because he's just he's just a little bitch basically he just mansplains a lot of things um he plays he's just the worst mad scientist <laughs> you can imagine and um yeah he's he's the reason why like the ship blows up because he won't stop the tribbles from reproducing yeah <laughs> interesting yeah so um yeah rosa salazar um all over the, the sci-fi <laughs> stuff. I want more of her. I think she should be in more sci-fi. She fits in so well. Yeah. She yeah. understands it. She gets it. And I, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so she has this really cool flashback, right? And we just get a little glimpse of it. And yeah, they're fighting on the moon and she's with Michelle Rodriguez. And they're like, I mean, they're, they're, they're kicking some ass on the moon. Mm -hmm. it, it is a great scene. And then she goes back and then she finishes her kickflip and she like, basically kicks his arm, Grishka's arm off. And, like, Grishka is, what, like, 20, 25, 50 times bigger than her? Mm -hmm. he's, he's a lot bigger. He's a force <laughs> to be reckoned with. He's like the, yeah. Hulk, the Hulk was a machine. Yeah, yeah, he's just like a machine Hulk. And she's she's taking him out, like, pretty easily. Um, and so then she picks up the scythe, and she's fighting him off, and then he jumps into the sewer and runs away. So... Yeah, go back to the shadows from whence it came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was pretty cool, right? Now we're really seeing like what Alita's about, like what she can do. You're like, oh, that's what she can do, but there's still gonna be more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Better her every fight scene, like you can't like how are they gonna top the last one that I just saw? And they do, and it's like wow, it just it's it. it it blows me away every time. I think I might watch it again. I'm not going to lie. I really want to watch it again. Yeah, it, it's a it's a really fun movie. And like you said, they just continue. The world building is cool. Mm -hmm. It leaves you wanting more. Um, the characters, you kind of can feel a connection with them right away. You know, Alita, she has this kind of... There's a naivete, but like, you know, she's, she's like a newborn person. She is, who has all literally. This, mm -hmm, yeah, who has all this power and she doesn't know what to do. But she... You know, I we'll get into like the themes of this film, and I think thematically, what I really like is like, you know, like we see Doctor Ito is kind of worried about her. He wants to lead her in the right direction, but he knows she has this power, and he's kind of worried that she's going to be a force for evil or or something. You know, we you, you don't know, right? Yeah, he's I, he's also projecting a lot too. Like he gives her his he made the body originally for his daughter. You know, that's if that's not projection incarnate like physical projection um yeah. i don't know what is but he he's projecting a lot and but he it, it doesn't undermine his true care for her and that he does feel responsible you know hey i gave you a body i brought you back to life basically i need to protect that because i think that's what a parent should do it's very parental because i gave you life i need to make sure that that life continues living and yes. I love that theme of it. That is exact. That's like that's like be the best parenting ever. <laughs> like wanting to make sure that your kid is just safe and alive. Yeah, yeah. Like that's great, especially in this world where I'm sure parenting sucks. Like, <laughs> it, you know, you really get the sense that they're. I don't know. It, it just it looks like a shanty town, like where they're living, right? Yeah, like that's you're born in poverty, you live in poverty, you die in poverty. 
Like, yeah, it doesn't look very good. It, no. it, it reminds me a lot of kind of the the worlds that like the Neil the Neo Blancamp stuff rebuilds up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, oh, what was that movie he did with the aliens that showed up? Oh, was uh, it? Um, uh, not Section Eight. I think District Nine. District Nine. I was close. <laughs> it re- yeah, it reminds me a lot of like the District Nine, where like the aliens show up and then, but then they basically end up living in like these 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 shanty towns and they're they're in poverty and they're they're treated terribly by humans that's what it feels like how where they live and so it you know it kind of it seems like if she got into the wrong hands she could have you know she could have just been another one of these people at night that they turn into the super the super soldier to like just go kill and rob and do other horrible things but you know mm-hmm. fate had it that she was put into a good situation pretty much yeah like you're you're lucky where you're born sometimes and unlucky in, in other respects, but whatever your situation is that you're born into, it's up to you to kind of try and either make the best of it or do something better or want more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that was, yeah, again, this fight scene was really cool, but this, you know, again, this is just the beginning. Um, so then we get this scene later on with, so Sheeran, we see Sheeran and Vector and it's, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. It was kind of like a little fan service like seeing, like seeing um, Jennifer Conley and like, I don't know what she was wearing, but it was, it was some like lingerie. Yeah, that was, that was pretty. That was pretty. Oh, she looked good. She looked good. Man, um, she, lo- she looked great. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's just thinking about her career. I was thinking about her career, like watching this and like she, she blew up like from the jump. Mm-hmm. From like the minute that she was in film, she was in huge films with huge directors. I mean, mm-hmm. she worked with um, she she was in Once Upon a Time in America, which was a Sergio Leone film, the last film he ever did, mm-hmm. basically before he died. She was in a film with uh, Dario Argento, who's one of the greatest Italian directors of all time. Yeah, uh, and then she's she was in um, what was it Requiem for a Dream with Darren Aronofsky. So she's just like been in big films and like it, it you know, uh, she was in Labyrinth. Like she's, you know, she's just in big film after big film. Um, and, you know, then she, we, you know, her career kind of matures and she's sort of reached the point where she's doing roles like this, which are interesting. And yeah, yeah she's just like one of the, like, I don't know. I just feel like she's just like a staple of like, like the Hollywood star. Like, yeah. like almost like an old school way, really. I was actually just gonna say she's she's always had this very classic silver screen look to her. You know, the dark hair, the beautiful light blue eyes, just this. She could be anybody. You know, she could be a femme fatale, or she can be your mom, or she can be your girlfriend. You know, I love her in uh, A Beautiful Mind. She's so wonderful in that movie. Yeah. Um, because she plays all of those characters. You know, she plays like, I mean. She's his student in that movie, so that's not cool. But, <laughs> yes. um, you know, like, but she's, that's the thing. We meet her in the classroom, but she's, as the next scene, she's this mature academic because it's, and he it's totally throws him through a loop. But I love that. I love that character she plays. I mean, she's also based on a real person, but no, I, I, I love her. She has a very interesting body of work and. I just think she's always, she just has always had that very classic, iconic, like Hollywood star. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, she feels, and you know, I, I, I think you were someone who talked to a lot about, like, you liked um, The Rocketeer, right? 
she's in that. And she's she's like, yeah, she's like the love interest in that, um, which is a very kind of old Hollywood. I mean, she's an actress, right? In that yeah, she's playing an actress. Like, one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when, like, they're actually filming a scene. It's like this Robin Hood type swashbuckling thing. And she's an extra. And she went out for the part, like, her and all her friends, like, went out for the part that this for the love interest and the one they cast is just so bad <laughs> like they they made this actress act so badly yeah and it's just so funny because her and her friends are just like any one of us would have been so much better like who is this yeah. kidding and it's just it's so funny it's it's a really good i love that movie so much that's another one i want to watch yeah um, the movie is super fun it's just like you talk about a fun movie the rocketeer is a fun fun movie yeah and it's it's about beating up nazis like <laughs> yeah they just beat up Nazis in the end. And it's got some of those, like, really cheesy, like, go get him, kid kind of a thing. Or that moment when he's standing in front of the American flag and he's got, like, the gun. And everyone's like, look, it's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I love it. But, yeah, yeah it, that, playing a, a wannabe Hollywood starlet. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, she's good. She's great. Um, so, yeah, we get this scene. So it's her and Vector, Sharon and Vector, and they're kind of talking about, like, pretty much vector is i guess i guess the best way you could put it is he uh he works for you know the guy right (laughs) who we'll get into in in a second um and it's his job to like kind of vector's job is to like kind of make sure that the game the motorball games are kind of rigged i guess you could say and so he rigs the games and rigs the odds by making sure that there are certain competitors hold hold certain competitors down keep other ones up you know, make sure that no one can really win the games, pretty much. Who's not supposed to? Yeah. Um, so they're talking, and you know, Sharon's like, "Oh, I need more. I need more stuff so that I can make really strong competitors." Uh, and then, then he like goes away. Vector goes away, and then Grishka shows up. He freaking busts through the wall like, um, <laughs> like the Kool Aid Man. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like- Literally. Just shows up completely disheveled. Looks like shit. Probably smells bad. Yeah. I mean, he, he was in a sewer, right? <laughs> yeah, which I think is funny because, like, the last time we see him, he's jumping down a hole and then he's jumping through a window and then. It- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, I'm telling you, he's he's literally like the Kool Aid guy. Yep. <laughs> hey, I need repairs. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Sharon, you know, the next day Sharon's like fixing him up. Um, and so then we meet the real nemesis of this film, this guy, Nova. So this guy, Nova, like, takes over Garishka's mind and talks through him. Yeah, I think they mentioned there's some kind of, like, implant in there. <clears throat> yeah, there's something in his head. Um, and so, yeah, he's talking through Garishka and basically telling Vector, hey, you need to do what Sharon tells you to do. Uh, and Nova... Kind of, yeah, just, just, you know, Nova knows stuff about um, Alita. And Sharon is telling Nova, like, oh, yeah, Alita is the one who jacked this dude up. And he's like, oh, you have to get, bring me Alita, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. He kind of feels yeah. like an evil emperor moment. Or like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bring yeah. me her heart. Yeah, uh, very dramatic. I want our heart yeah. on freaking plate or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, super dramatic. He also, like, is able to take control of Vector, too. And whenever he takes control of someone, their eyes turn blue. 
<clears throat> he's talking through them. Um, yeah, and he's, you know, they just have the conversation. This is really a lot of it is just like, this teaches us, okay, so Nova is this, we don't know who it is. We haven't seen them, but we know that they have tons of power and tons of control. And they're the ones behind the, Nova is the one behind the scenes pulling the strings. Everyone is actually working for Nova. Yeah, and it, it also shows you that, oh, Vector is a villain, but he's not the villain. He's not the one he's pulling not. the strings. He's just, I love that line that he has. It's a quote from something. I just can't remember what it was. Better to, um, right, better to right. reign in hell than serve in heaven, basically. And he's kind of someone who I feel like accepts, yeah, I'm never getting this all. I'm just going to hang out here and be, a, be the, the king of my own domain. Exactly, yeah. Um, well, I think we'll get into it later, but I, he also knows, you know, the price you have to pay to actually get up to Zalem. Yeah, and he's not, he's, he, know, I think he's smart enough to not pay that price. And because <laughs> we see what happens later on. And he's fine with just being a king down here and letting the big guy run the show up there. And I think he accepted his place a long time ago. I think he did. And I think that's. Yeah. That also shows he's not just a one-dimensional villain either, which I like. I hate one-dimensional villains who are just like, I'm evil because. Why? Like, we're in a time where we like knowing backstory. We like knowing why yeah. villains are the way that they are so that we can sympathize with them and understand them. And I think we're seeing a new, a better, a better class of villain nowadays. Um, mm -hmm. They don't always get it right. But, you know, there. I feel like there are some cases where even these even if they're not the main villain, Vector has his reasons. And you, you see that in moments. You definitely do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially when we, we've seen this world. This world is so poor and um, people are basically killing each other to try and get out. Yeah, maybe he was Hugo at one point. Maybe yeah. he was in Hugo's shoes and knows this is not a, a two-way deal. This is just what I'm promising you. And maybe he was Hugo mm -hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then we get this really interesting scene. So later on, like, um, Dr. Rito and Alita are having this conversation about, like, you know, Alita's like, oh, I want to play motorball. And it, basically. I want to play motorball, and, Dad. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can't play, son. Like, it's terrible. Oh, I want to do it. And and so he has talks about this. this um, basically, there's a flashback to, like, what happened to <clears throat> to his daughter. And like why he hates motorball. So like there was this this guy that he helped. So he used to help build these people who fought in the motorball tournaments. And then one day a guy came and he was like to his office looking for drugs. Uh, and but he was just crazy. I mean crazed. Um, and then the guy he breasts in. He's like stealing stuff. And then he like sees their daughter who's like in a wheelchair and he just freaks out and kills her this, and that ruined his life yeah that ruined his life um but we can't talk about this is a cameo i did recognize i didn't but i'm glad you did i i it was the chin dude it was that chin like <laughs> that chin is that chin is recognizable for sure I, that chin makes it casper van dean recognizable and yet i feel like that's the reason i mean partly probably because of his acting um, but also, I feel like his face was just too symmetrical. I have this theory that too too much symmetry can actually do bad things for you. But I saw, I was like, that's fucking Casper Van Dien. Oh my god! And I when I I checked it just to make sure I was right, just to make sure I was right. And lo and behold, I was. I was like, that's awesome. I don't know why, but I was just like, that was so cool. 
to have him in that movie, even for that one moment. And he's a villain. And it's it's good. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. So Johnny Rico, our good <laughs> our our guy, Casper Van Diem. Uh yeah, Johnny Rico's been in some 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 stuff. Um <laughs> after the rednecks. <laughs> the roughnecks or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he was in some stuff. And I that I think he married a princess or something like that. I yeah. <laughs> I, I think there was a reality show. I think there was. And if it is anywhere streaming, I might watch it just because just because I'm wow. a glutton. Um, yeah, yeah. I just need to know because I like knowing things about actors who are like Holly. Like we've talked about this before, how Hollywood promises them so much and then it doesn't turn out how they plan. Yeah. Ellie, one moment. Okay. Um. But yeah, I was I was really happy to see him in the movie. I don't know why I just was. Yeah, I I, I didn't until this time watching. I didn't because he's he's in it for a very short amount of time. It's, it's just this, short. and you see his face like for f- fifteen seconds. It's very quick. Um, but yeah, I, I mean he's face, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, and and yeah he just like you know he he comes in, he freaks out and he kills her and then just runs off. Um, but yeah, this is this is like. A really big moment in Dr. Ito's life because then his wife blames him for it. She leaves him. She goes off on her journey basically to the dark side, right? Yep. Um, and then he becomes a hunter warrior to make amends. He's always trying to like basically find he's trying to find Casper Van Diem, trying to find that chin yeah. so he can like <laughs> get revenge. And what I like about that, because like the loss of a child can often like obviously like it does in the movie tear people apart and ruin marriages and lives and everything like that. And a lot of these parents will say there's no closure whatsoever. And the fact that he doesn't ever get to the cyborg who killed his, his child kind of rings true with that is that there's never any closure. And even if he did find him and kill him, I think he would just keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, there, there's this one really good scene (laughs) and it's like Batman forever where Batman, where Basically, um, it's the first time when Dick Grayson and and Bruce Wayne are like kind of talking, and like um, Dick is like, "You got to help me get revenge," and mm-hmm. and Bruce is like, "Revenge does it's not going to do it for you. You're gonna you're gonna go out trying to get revenge. You'll finally do it. You'll kill the guy who killed your family, but then you're still gonna have that emptiness, and then you're gonna go out and kill more trying to fill that void, and then you're going to live just to serve the emptiness." Mm-hmm. you're serving that void that thing that you thought you're going to get out of getting revenge you're serving that instead of trying to do good yeah and it's not going to get you anywhere instead of healing and processing it which is also what that whole movie's about is the fact that bruce wayne never really processed the death of the death of his parents in the correct way he ended up repressing a lot of things is very true of he's trying to warn him you know he's just trying to be like you don't want to be like this because I'm dealing with a lot of shit and I'm almost 40, kid. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Oh, there's so many things about that movie that are, that are so good. And then just so wrong. The, the campiness is the problem. If you mm-hmm. take the campiness out, I think you got a good film. I completely agree. There are some mm-hmm. things in that movie that are just like, why is this movie being smart right now? Why is it having... It's introducing psychology into Batman's psyche for the first time in the franchise cool <laughs> let's yeah. talk about his mental health because it's bad <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yeah totally um and i, I feel like dr Rita, yeah there's a lot of the same stuff right like he's trying to find a way to make amends for the things he felt you know he felt like he just he didn't 
he didn't protect his daughter, right? And all these choices he made led her to being killed by something that he felt he created. He felt like he was, he was responsible for creating this, this person who, yeah. you know, freaked out and killed her. Um, and then we get some more exposition about Alita says her heart is like this made of this, basically she's, she's this old advanced technology that was from a, a time during the war, basically. Um, and then we'll later on, we'll get uh, into like what the war was about and who were the combatants and stuff like that. Um, then we get some more scenes of Alita and Hugo, you know, again, their romance is building more and more mm-hmm. and they go to a professional motorball game. Um, I love that scene so much. It was just, I love how, how she just gets into it so fast. She's like, this is awesome. Oh my God. She's like cheering. And like, I think one of the cyborgs slams against like the window or something or the plexiglass. And she's like, yes. It's so yeah. nice. <laughs> it's, it's nice seeing, it's nice seeing teenagers. Cause she, she's, she is a teenager, but she's not cause she's so old. But it's nice seeing teenagers just having, like, natural fun. Like, this is something kids would probably go and watch, like, you know, equated to whatever sports. Or, like, a hockey game is what I really <laughs> equated it to. Or NASCAR, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just love how thrilled she is to be there. And she just – she soaks up every new experience and just enjoys it to the fullest. <clears throat> and I love that about her. Yeah, totally. Like, she's she's having so much fun. And, like, the other part of it, too, is, like, now – Hugo's trying to impress her mm-hmm. because he's like, he likes her. He's like, oh, well, yeah, I'll show you now. I know these Backstage people. Passes. <laughs> like, yeah. Cool. Then there, there's this interesting scene. I, did, I couldn't confirm it or not, but I, I remember they go, they go behind and then they see this, they, like, oh, who's the top competitor? And it looked like the guy from uh, your, your favorite guy who you hate. It was, <laughs> um, it was, it was him. him. Oh, my God. The worst, the worst John Connor of all time, or what? No, the worst. Um, what did he play? Coward. He was, uh, yeah, the worst. Oh, okay, yeah, it was just. Oh no, I think you froze. I don't know if you can hear me. Oh no. Worst Kyle Reese of all time, yeah. Yes. Oh, I there think, you go. Am are. I okay? Yeah. Okay. I lost cool. You first Great. Time. Um, but yeah, okay. The worst Kyle Reese of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's a problem when Casper Van Dien, who has 15 seconds in this movie is better than you. <laughs> and all you do is tell, all you do is bitch at people how like my, my skates are pretty loose or something. Yeah. 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 God, that's all he did. Dick. Like, I'm sorry. What's I the guy's like, name? Uh, Jay or Jai Courtney or something. Jai Courtney. Yeah. Jai Courtney. Like um, yeah. Yeah. He, he's so bad. Stop trying to make him a thing. Stop. I, they really are. like, <laughs> Like, like they're trying really hard to make him a thing. And I was really hoping. I'm not even sure why. Because I, I watched Suicide Squad before I saw Terminator Genesis. And I was like, okay, like, I guess he's okay. I, I, I didn't really have an opinion. I'd have to rewatch my review of it. But I really don't want to hear myself talk about that movie because I hated, I hated Suicide, <laughs> Suicide Squad. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just, he's just not good <laughs> he's just not good and i don't know how he's supporting himself paying his agents and people to publicize him um maybe one day i'll be wrong and he'll actually get some acting lessons um <laughs> i don't know if he went to drama school i i really i have no interest in learning anything about him i really don't that's how little i care about this actor and i'm gonna stop myself there before i say something yeah. really mean 
even though he'll yeah. never see this and doesn't give a shit at what I think. Right. So. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that, that he was in it. I was like, that's Jai Courtney. It's him again, again. It's like go away. He won't go away. Um, so so then in this game, so I think basically what happens is someone who's like kind of an underdog wins. Um, and it's sort of, you know, unexpected and uh, Vector not happy. He's like, um, uh, this is not good. He's messing up the odds. We need to take this guy out. <clears throat> so um, and he has this, this interesting technology. So he has this like. I don't know what you would call it. Like, there's almost like spiked claws that kind of sh- shoot out. Yeah, um, I, like, I like when it's you see it for the first time and you hear the announcer go like, "Is that even legal?" I'm like, "Nothing's legal in this game." Yeah. <laughs> like everything goes in this game. Yeah, anything yeah, they goes. Kind of totally. Shoot out and they're like, yeah. spike, you can grab someone mm-hmm. and like pull them back. It's a pretty, it's yeah. a pretty neat. Like I'm sure I've, I've I've seen stuff like that before in movies and action movies, but. I like how they utilized it because when you're in motion, instead of just standing still, you can do more with that. Like you can swing them around, you can throw them, you can drag them, um, especially when you're moving at really like fast. Mm-hmm. So I liked that aspect of it because it it took something that was kind of familiar, like a weapon, and then they just. But and now they're moving like eighty miles per hour. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so the guy wins, and then um, he goes like, "Oh, sorry, Lita, I gotta go." Uh, can you get home okay? <laughs> Just kind of random. Yeah. I was like, okay, but... Yeah. I... <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah, Thank I'll you. Be... I mean, she will be fine. Oh, yeah, she'll be okay. Um, I do like, though, that he follows it up with, hey, I'm going out tomorrow. Do you want to come? Kind of a thing. So he kind of makes up for it, even though he's kind of ditching her. And she's like, I would love that. And it kind of like, it kind of puts a band-aid over the, okay, I guess we'll cut our date short. Yeah, she's unhappy because, you know, she loves him or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then, so then we get this big reveal about Hugo. So there's the guy, the guy's won the tournament. He's celebrating with some, some women, let's put it that way. And then they just, they just jump this guy, right? They jump him. They like electrocute him and they, they take his parts. Uh, and then Vector shows up and Hugo is the head of this crew of people who go around jacking people of their parts. Yep, and this is what makes him not just a lovey-dovey '90s cute, pretty boy. This gives care. This gives character to him. It gives depth. It gives him his motivation of how. Okay, well, how is this kid gonna make it to Zalem? Like he's. We don't really see him doing anything until I was. I was. I was upset. I almost felt like if I were Alita and I saw stumbled upon that, I was like. Oh no! Yeah, it just breaks your heart, right? You're like, I, I believed in you. I thought, I thought you were good. And the thing is, he's not. He doesn't really lie to Alita about what he does because she never asks. She doesn't really ask him what he does to survive. She's kind of just caught up in the moment of life. It's like when you fall in love with someone for the first time, you don't you don't care about any of the flaws. You just want to be around them and spend time with them and get to know them. You know, and then the cracks start to show. So he's not like he ever deceived her or anything like that. He just didn't tell her. Um, But that's because of, I don't think he was expecting to fall in love with a cyborg, you know, and it gives that tension to the plot and creates drama. And, you know, there's going to be a reveal later. And I was just, ah, I was just disappointed. I was like, no, honey, you're better. But yeah, it just, it shows, you know, again, he has character. He's not just some cute boy. He's someone who has made some choices because he felt, he has a dream and he feels like this is the only way he could achieve it is jacking people. <laughs> and he, he sleeps with it at night because he doesn't actually kill them. That's how he rationalizes it is that we're just, exactly. you can get new ones and 
that's what we're doing, basically. He 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 can sleep better knowing that he didn't actually kill anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is, you know, again, there's this promise that he's given by Vector. We're going to see more later about how how what what that promise means, if, if that's even real. You know, yeah. is Hugo also being lied to? Is Hugo, you know, again, I feel like he's he's just like this world sets him up to fail. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, and, you know, this is just sort of the result. It's just, it, you know, it just feels like everyone in Iron City is doggy dog. Yeah, it is. They set everyone against each other. And, and basically, there it's like a pyramid. There's a couple people at the top who live off of everyone fighting each other at the bottom. Yep, pretty much. And you're just parts. That's all you are. Everybody's just a part. You know, like, it's either your part to play or what your parts can provide. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, then the next day we get this little thing where Hugo and friends and Alita are all going to go out there. They're, they they said that there's some some ship they want to show her outside of uh, town that might tell her something about her past. Uh, this is a really cool scene. So they leave uh, Iron City and we see what the world is like outside of Iron City. And it's really cool. Yeah, and it's this, not so bad. I mean, like, you would probably live out there, but people really can't because there's not a lot of resources. But, you know, it's not like this... It's not like a Mad Max Fury Road or anything like that. You know, there's there's still trees and plant life and things like that, which I like. It's not just one barren wasteland. Yeah, it, and what's cool, too, is you see these massive machines that are doing agriculture. Mm -hmm. So basically, there's these big machines that are feeding the cities. but And then there's also, I forget exactly what it was, but there was these, these like, almost like, almost like a shield or something, like towers of water. Yeah. That... Um, I don't know if that was like feeding the agriculture or something, but it, it was just all really, really cool. Like the world building they're doing, they're showing us what the world is like now, but without like having to like, you know, really be expository about it. It's just like, you notice like, oh, okay. So now I think I understand how this world works. There's these small cities that are being fed by agriculture outside and the outside is just nature pretty yeah. much. Yeah. it's not, like I said, it's not, terrible to live out there you might not be able to sustain maybe a home with some of the more amenities you might have in iron city and you can find work in iron city like we see that whole like that um train of people who are just waiting to get in basically um but yeah there's there's still opportunity elsewhere which i liked yeah i thought that was really cool and so they get to the ship and it's in the water and alita just dives right in <laughs> and they're like uh I'm not sure you should do that. Like yeah. we, we're not sure you can get in, but she's able to get in. She gets in, inside of this thing. And then she finds this, this body, the suit that's there. And, you know, and she's able to control the ship like immediately. Like she yeah. just gets it. It's like the, there's this connection, you know? Uh, and yeah, she, she, she finds a suit and she, she takes it and she takes it home to, um, to, to Dr. Ito. And he's like, I am not going to, to do this. I'm not going to unite you in this body. Dad says no. <laughs> dad, yeah, dad says no. And it's like, why do you say no, dad? Well, now we get some more stuff. So this was kind of talked about a little bit before with, uh, with um, oh, what's the guy? The the guy behind the scenes. He talks a little bit about oh, who she really is. Yeah, yeah. Who she really is and like what, sh what she is, right? Um. So the body is what they call, it's a berserker. And so it's, it's basically a weapon. And Alita is a weapon. Alita is a weapon, a cyborg weapon that she's, she's so she's like um, a practitioner of this art form, this, this martial arts form, I guess you could call it. 
called the Panzerkunst, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like what we saw her do to uh, Garishka at the beginning, where she like did the flip and like you know chopped his arm off with her with her foot. Um, and uniting her with his body would make her like really full on a weapon. It would make her point. like a real warrior. Yeah. So like what we're seeing of her right now is you it's know oh, it's like. <laughs> It's not even the whole sword, man. And yeah. You're like, wait, there's more she can yeah. do? Like, it's just, yeah. it's so cool. And I understand why he's, like, so hesitant still. Because, again, he's still trying to protect her. But I think also he likes having someone to protect. And he knows uniting her with this body will kind of end. She won't really need protection anymore. But he also doesn't know, like, kind of, like, will it corrupt her? Will she just, will she just go on a rampage? Like, because there's still, like, a... A connection that needs to be made like i feel like the the suit needs to work with her um but it has its own separate power as well and they have to like work yeah together. Mm-hmm. i yeah I, I think there there's a lot of stuff going on with Ido. i think it's like you know he he views her like again he gave her this body that you had for his daughter he's taking care of her and he views her in that way and he's kind of got her in this box and creating this her as a weapon takes that away Mm-hmm. But also, he's he's worried because you never know where it's going to go. Maybe she'll turn into a weapon and she'll start killing people. And I think he connects that with what he did with all these, you know, motorball people, where he, yeah. he, he made them into weapons, and then one came home and it killed something that he cared about. Yep. So, yeah, there's a lot going on there. Um, and, yeah, this is sort of the point where Alita now is starting, starting to assert her independence and trying to find her herself and yeah i think i think there's a part of dr ito he's afraid that she's going to she's going to become evil or something or, yeah. or destructive um yeah so then he's like no i'm not going to do it and so she's like okay i'm done with this she goes up she signs up to become a hunter warrior and then her and hugo they go to a bar a hunter warrior bar <laughs> And then we get another really cool scene. So again, we see Zapan, who's just looks so freaking awesome, and all these other bounty hunters. Um, the one that stands out the most to me was like <clears throat> the one with the dogs. Yes, I liked him. He was pretty good. It's kind of like this Kenny Rogers cyborg thing that they had going. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he kind of even looks a little bit like James Cameron, too, when you look at him a little closer. I actually wonder, like, is James Cameron making an appearance in this movie, too, for a second? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cool. It was kind of like when you when Star Wars shows you different kind of bounty hunters and stuff like that. Oh, well, this is how many kills he's had and stuff like that. So yeah, it was kind of like going into a bar in Tatooine where all the bounty hunters hang out. This is very much like the, the cantina stuff, right? It's like when you go into that new world where you're like, okay, this is where the real people do their stuff. And you're not you're not in Kansas anymore. You're not with Dr. Ito. This is like where people who are hardcore, what they go, where they go to, to hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then Alita gives a speech where he's like, oh, hey, let's all let's all come together and fight Garishka. They're not having it. You know, they laugh, no, they at, her. laugh at her. And they're just kind of like mm-hmm. this freaking little kid. And Japan yeah. keeps like goading her and being a dick with his little crystal shit stash that he's got. Going. I know. Yeah. He wasn't he the villain in Deadpool too? He was. So this guy, um, he's an interesting actor. Uh, I think his name's Ed Scarant Scarin or something like that. So he was in Game of Thrones for like three seasons. Yeah, and he, he played. Yeah, 
the sword master or something like that or oh nothing. i can't even remember the character anymore but he was amazing they recast yeah they recast him i think oh he got too big for the show it's crazy. Oh, okay. yeah he got too big for the show and then he started getting big fil- basically he like he used that to get into film and like get get big because fil- like now he's a film actor mm-hmm. and he's in this i mean he he really blew up um, he was yeah he's in Deadpool he's in this he was in some other he's 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 in big films now yeah um, and they had to recast because he was like I'm done with this I'm you can pay right. me more <laughs> oh was it yeah. Dario Naharis or something like that he played Dario Naharis yeah and he's a great Dario Naharis what's kind of funny though was like I didn't notice this until later because that was the first time I'd ever seen him but they they really kind of brown faced him <laughs> to play Dario <laughs> he's pretty white he's yeah he's really white and I'm like. Wait, is this the same guy? Oh, it is the same guy. He's just this is what he actually looks like. He's he's a white British dude. Yeah, he's a white British dude. He's good at playing the bad guy. Yeah, but that's his that's his thing right now. And like I said, he's not bad. I liked him in Deadpool. I liked him in this. He was he's good. To, he's he's easy to hate. He's good at doing that. Um, but yeah, he he's like kind of you know goading. Alita mm-hmm. and hitting on her too at the same time. I know, yeah. He's like, oh, I'll show you the ropes. It's like, <laughs> She's like, ew. <laughs> like he's, yeah. he's like that guy you always shut down. You always yeah, shut yeah. Down. <laughs> There's even like a scene where he's like kind of hanging on her and he's just like, she's like, mm, oh, I no. hated when guys do that when they put their arm and they just drag their feet over your shoulder and you're just like, dude, stop. Just Get the hell stop. away from me. Exactly. I mean, like, if Brian does that, that's fine because he's my boyfriend, but like, if I don't know you, don't put your arm on me. It's just a random dude, right? <laughs> like, like, stop it. Nobody likes nobody likes that. Like, advice to dudes who do that to random girls. We don't like it. Um, but yeah, and he's also kind of like, he's being a bully, and he's like trying to shake up the rookie or something like that, and she pones his ass. <laughs> yeah, she pones him, and then there's a huge bar. So he, she, she messes him up, beats him up. Um, there's a bar fight. Everyone's fighting. Ito shows up and he's like, "Hey, no you stop it!" <laughs> and then they stop. Yeah, it's great. It's really funny. Yeah, because he's the best. He's the best like cyborg doctor, and obviously they all go to him. Um, I like to think that maybe they watch out for him too a little bit because he's the only human who's doing this, and he could be easily um, hurt. So maybe I like to think that they kind of watch out for him because they need him to like fix them later if they get pretty messed up. Um, but I like that. And he's just like, no more free repairs. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, well, let's not take, let's not say things we can't take back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then souped up Garushka shows up. Oh, that douche. And if we didn't already hate him, then Alita's dog shows up, right? And, oh. you know, and then he kills the dog. He kills yeah. the dog. Yeah, and Hugo's pretty shook because he sees that claw thing that he stole on Which Garushka. he jacked. And now mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I didn't know it was going to that guy. Like, obviously, I wouldn't have stolen it if I had known. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then we get Alita, the battle angel moment, where she, like, takes the blood and she, like, puts the uh, stuff over her eyes. And then she fights Garushka in the sewer. Yeah, that was a really good fight. This that is was, a crazy fight. That was very <laughs> harrowing. Like, I knew they were going to have to get her in that suit eventually. But that was that was horrible. That was so yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. So there, he's and there's a lot of really cool shots. Like he's he's shooting the things at her, and she's like dodging them in slow motion. And again, he's he calls her like little fleas, like dodge, dance little flea, and he's like, ah. yep. uh, 
And and so there's like one moment where she doesn't. I think there's there's some more flashbacks too in this. I forget. I think there's a couple uh, of flashbacks, yeah, of her yeah. like training and like a training. thing. Training with Michelle Rodriguez, yeah. So oh, like, finish the mission. Yeah, and that's when she kind of remembers Nova for a minute. Like he's kind of so like a spectator almost. I think he's there. Um, oh. Yeah, he's kind of like so they're training inside this bubble thing, and you kind of see his face watching on like a monitor. He's not physically mm. present, mm. Um, but he's I, he's there. Oh no, I lost you again. Oh no, his his screen froze. I'm waiting for him to come back to me. Just sitting there, keeping an eye on me. That's a good yeah. Are we back? Yeah, you're back. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think I think they're just like slight interruptions or something are happening, unfortunately. Um, yeah, thanks a lot, Comcast. <laughs> Shout out to them. I hate Comcast; they're evil. Uh, okay, so yeah, this fight is like really good, and so she's dodging the stuff, and there's all these really cool slow motion shots. But then her body gets chopped up, and then she's she's just like she's just a torso and one arm. But then, yeah. like, like she, she, she then does this move where she like um, flips herself and then like shoves her arm into his eye. Yeah, she uses like her last limb to fuck him up. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> it's amazing. Like she won't stop fighting. Like she just she won't, won't stop. Fighting. She won't, and it's like that. That just showed her like like you're willing to rip off your last limb just to prove a point, and it's like. Damn, that girl's tough. Like, yeah, she's cyber. She's tough. She's clearly the cybers can clearly feel pain. Like, there's still yes. some kind of pain receptor there, mm -hmm. um, whether that's programmed in their brain for them to feel pain, but they don't actually feel pain or something like that. Um, she's definitely messed up, and it's oh, it was it was awful seeing her like that. It was so sad. Yeah, it was really yeah, and because she's she was just nothing at that point. Um, well, she, yeah. she she physically looks right back to where she was when Ito finds her. And, yeah, yeah. And so then the um, the bounty hunter, the dog bounty hunter guy, and Ito and Hugo they come down there and they save her. Uh, they they sick the dogs on the guy, <laughs> and the guy has this funny like, "Oh, I didn't like him. He wasn't a dog lover." <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. Um, and so then the next day, Ito restores her with the berserker body, mm -hmm. and then she wakes up the next day and she's like you know, fully Alita. And she's, I guess they say she's a little bit older than they thought. Yeah. It's almost like the suit ages her a little bit because mm -hmm. they're just back. They're back to being one. They're kind of back to where they started. What it obviously wasn't her original body. Um, yeah. Then maybe it catches her up on some things like some growth and some maturity. Cause she definitely matures after it, whether yes. that's because she learned the lesson of, you know, going into battle really emotional might not be the best frame of mind in situations mm -hmm. like that. You need to be more logical and level-headed and be a little bit more strategic because it definitely teaches her a lesson that she's not um, invulnerable to, to everything. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's not invulnerable. Um, and, but yeah, I really like the scene too, because like then we really get the, the thematic part of this film where Dr. Reader says like, you know, now you know who you are, but this is just a shell. It's not good or bad. It's up to you to figure out what you want to be. Yeah, and I so, love that line too. It's such a, yeah. it was such a dad moment too. Like this is my last final bit of wisdom I'm going to give to you because now, you know, it's each, 
each act of the film shows a new level of maturity for Alita. I feel like she's an mm -hmm. adolescent or she's a kid. She's an adolescent. Now she's a woman. Now she's an adult. Yes. And, yeah. you know, there's only so much our parents can continue teaching us. And I feel like this is his last little bit of, okay, now you're, you're leaving the nest kind of a thing. And here's what I'm going to say. And it's, um, it's a really sweet moment. I love that. I love their relationship in this. It's such a, it's such a, a nice father daughter dynamic because they argue and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like she even calls him dad at one point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really sweet. I, I do. I feel the same way. Like, yeah, like I think that's such a good point. It's the maturation. Like she's getting more experience really quickly and understanding the world. Um, and she's finding herself, right? Uh -huh. It's all this whole, like you said, it's a coming of age. She's finding herself in this world, like what she wants to be, who she wants to be. She's um, <laughs> yeah. So then we get this interesting scene later. So she meets with Hugo, right? At Hugo's place. I think Hugo had just met with like uh, Vector and they were talking about, you know, getting him to Zalm or whatever. And so, and then like Hugo's like, you know, he keeps, again, this is, it's all, like you said, it's his dream is her dream now. And his dream is like to, you know, to, to, to go to Zalem and they're talking about that. And Ali's like, okay, how much would it cost to go there? He's like, oh, it costs 90,000 credits. It's like, oh, I could do that easily. I could, I could, I could do that for you. I could, I could, you know, kill, I could do all these bounties or I could sell, I could sell my heart. Oh. And she, pull, she pulls out her heart. <laughs> the, like, you don't need to look hard for that metaphor. Like she's literally, she even says that I'm literally giving you my heart. And yeah, oh, she, God. And she says she's like all or nothing yeah. with people. Like that's that's what she would do for him. And I believe her. I believe she would do that. Like she's literally holding it at one point. And I love that he tells her like you can't keep doing these things for people. Like not everyone is good. And I think she was she knew that already, but it's even it's kind of his way of telling her like you can't trust me in all the way kind of a thing. And it's just it's such a bit it's a bittersweet scene because she doesn't know yet and the audience knows and that could go either way as far as the audience is concerned he could be like oh yeah totally i'll take it i want to get to Zalem, but yeah it's not worth her life it's not mm -hmm. but yeah it shows that he does have some moral compass right yeah, he wants to get there but he's not going to exploit her like you said he has a, he has a moral compass which is to say okay i'll do this i'll jack people but i won't kill them that's my line. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so did you did did you ever know anyone who was like this in real life? Like who was who who was that into something or someone like where they would like you know almost kill themselves because for someone they loved? <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> like I have put myself in hell for people I care about, and you find out the hard way they don't always care the same about you, and it's it's a learning curve, man. That's why. I don't have a lot of friends on purpose. Um, I mean, I'm, the friends that I do have, I'm trying to, you know, do better with those relationships because those are the ones I care about. But um, I, I have been burned one too many times behaving like Alita, be thinking, oh, well, there's good in everyone. Everyone is good through and through. And while I still kind of believe that, it's not entirely realistic because people change on their own time and change takes a long time. Yes. Uh, I've never actually physically wanted to give someone my heart or anything like that. But if I was a match for a kidney for one of my sisters or any of my siblings, yeah, no problem. Cut me open. Not a problem. Um, but that's also a lot of pressure to put on another person too. 
You know what I mean? Like, she's giving him her heart, but that's, like, that's a big responsibility. You know what I mean? So it's a very fine line of give and take. You can't always be a giver. And I think that's something that I think is, while admirable about Alita, people take advantage of that very easily. Very, very easily. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, the naivete that she has is, like, very high. But, you know, again, like you said, like, there's a part of all of us, and I think, again, this is this is another thing with the film, where she, she sees the world through the eyes of someone who's very childlike and innocent, and she always wants to see the good, right? And we all have that in us when we're young, and at some point in our lives, we, we feel like, like, oh, people are good, people are this, and... You know, there's always something, right, like you said, that happens where someone, they stab you in the back or they lie to you or something that breaks that that feeling. And, you know, that's that's another end of innocence, end of childhood moment where you realize, oh, I can't trust people, all mm -hmm. people. I have to have a barrier to keep certain people out because, you know, it would be great if we lived in a world where you could just people did good because good is the right thing. But we, we don't, you know? No, we don't. And people's definition of good is very different sometimes. I saw a tweet earlier today from someone who I watched. And they were just like, stop filming yourself. Stop. What it, it's kind of, it's stop posing doing good. It's like, you just do them because you're good. Not because you're going to get praise out of it. Like, oh, look at this great thing I did. You know what I mean? Like, when it's for the wrong reasons, when it's just to get praise or clout or attention, the, it stops being a good deal. Um, you just do it because you think it's the right thing to do, and you don't ask anything in return. And that's something that I think is kind of lost a little bit. You know, you just, whether it's grabbing, like my, my older brother, like, just reached in, like this girl at the supermarket was struggling, reaching for something in the very back of, like, a fridge or something. And he just, like, oh, here, let me help you. Grabbed it for her and went about his way. Because it was just a, a kindness. And I feel like that's something that's definitely not as present all the time. I don't know. Where was I going with this? I kind of forget. <laughs> I, I feel like the thing that w makes us, I think, make, makes this character, makes Alita, like, we wish that the world had more people like her. Exactly. We wish yeah. that she was right, that people were always good and you can just, like, be giving to, the, to people. Yeah. Because there's a part of us that always, you know, that has that thing, right? We we have that, we connect with like, oh yeah, like, you know, I, I, I felt that way at one point and I, I wish that the world was like that too, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So so then later on, so Alita decides, okay, I'm going to do roller uh, um, motorball, right? Because <laughs> like, yeah, she's just always wanted to do it. Like we saw that scene where she was just loving it. And she was really happy. So she's she's doing this like it's like a lower league, lower ball. It's like it's like the the what do they call it in baseball? It's like the minor leagues. It's like minor league, yeah. It's like motorball minor leagues. So um, she's doing this thing. Hugo. Uh, meanwhile, Hugo's like, I'm out of the gang. I, I don't want to. I'm done with this. I'm not jacking people anymore. Because um, him, him and the douchey guy who Alita hates. Uh, they well, it, it's 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 the guy who's part of his oh, gang. His friend, yeah, his friend. His yeah. friend, like the friend is like, oh, aren't you going to tell your girlfriend that you jack people? It's like, no, I'm not going to tell her that, dude. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid that. 
she dumped me. She would dump me. Yeah, but I'm trying to like become a better person. Yeah, can't you just support me? <laughs> yeah, and the guy's like, "No, dude, you need to like jack people." We and then he's like, "We should have jacked her, bro. Then we then we'd be rich." And then yeah. they get into a fight. They get into a bro um, fight. Yeah, bro fight. Then Zapan shows up. Zapan has Zapan is still mad from losing to Alita, so he has a plan: kill someone, blame it on Hugo. So Zapan kills like two kills a guy that they were jacking. Then kills um, his uh, Hugo's friend, and then Hugo's on the run. Meanwhile, in this game, this uh, motorball game, uh, everyone who's at the game is there to kill Alita. Yep. <laughs> and so, so she's like fighting for her life in this game, but she's kicking their ass. And it's really this is another scene, just like that scene when she fights Gruishka in the sewer. This is like another scene that's so beautiful with the with the way that they do all with the technology mm-hmm. it's just so impressive kind of reminds me a bit of like speed racer a little bit some of the scenes in speed racer like the way because it's like a race but it's like also you know very technology based um i, I loved it i didn't see speed racer but speed racer i'll will, will take your word for it too, speed racer is very campy it's not like it, speed racer people hated it when it came out <laughs> People didn't like it, but I, it sort of has a cult following now. Uh, it is very campy. It's very cartoony, but it it looks. There are some moments that look very beautiful, very, very, very beautiful. They they really figured out a way to try and like make it be visually stunning. I'll just say that about the film. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, and this like like there's a scene where she's where Lita is like kind of dodging someone and then she like goes into like a loop so she loops around and then attacks the person mm-hmm. oh no this is just it's my computer am i back yeah you're back i'm back okay great yeah yeah no that scene was outstanding the way that they they did it it was just so good and they were still able to capture all the facial expressions and yeah. just these these little character bits and character flaws in it and it just was so so good and just i just I loved that scene. It was so cool. It was what it it exceeded my expectations of what a real like what a real motorball like event was gonna be, and like the roar of the crowd, like the spec the spectators, the the announcer. Like I loved his commentary and how he's just like she's like an angel on the battlefield, and I'm like yeah, yeah. yeah I see what you did there. I see what you. That was good, but it was so it was so good the way it was just. The timing was really good. The action was really good, and not to mention you have this this harrowing um, dialogue between Alita and and Hugo of him, you know, like I'm in trouble, and I know this is really important to you right now, but like I'm gonna die, <laughs> and she doesn't yeah. hesitate. She doesn't hesitate. I'm coming. <laughs> like yeah, so off. she ju- she she bounces out of the stadium, and they follow her, right? So that's when you know the jig is up, right? When it's like. It's not about the game. They're just trying to kill her. Yeah, exactly. So they're following her. And then there's, again, another cool scene where they're going through the city. Um, and then Alita just takes these two people out. Like, basically, there's two people left following her. One's this, this guy, this really kind of Grishka-looking guy, and this other chick. Um, so then, like, like the... I think the... What was it? The... Okay, so the, so the guy hold, is holding her, is holding Alita... But then, and then she's like, gonna about to come down and chop her. And then, like, Alita pulls the guy, 
<laughs> pulls the girl into her and then the guy chops the girl in half and then alita throws the guy into like a trash compactor there's always a and trash so, compactor or a grinder nearby something that grinds metal is always close by um because it's iron city i believe it a little bit more but yeah they some guy always gets sucked into something and it's just horribly crushed yeah yeah so he gets crushed alita finds hugo they're at this church um and then you know the sign shows hugo is wanted for murder and all this other stuff now one thing i didn't understand is like i don't see why hugo had to admit to jacking people at this point i mean he could have just been like oh i you know he set me up i didn't murder anybody I think um, it was just a way for him to finally get it off his chest because he yeah. couldn't hide it from her forever. Yeah. And besides, mm-hmm. Zapan was there and the jig was up. And I mean, why should Alita believe anything Zapan says anyway? He's just a smarty piece of shit. Yeah, he's but a piece of shit. I, I think at this point, he was like, if I'm going to die, I don't want to die with a lie. I want her yeah. to know who I really am, but that I love her. Um, I think it was just a way for him to kind of absolve yeah. himself and hope that she forgives him. Um, and it, it's part of his redemption arc, too. And there's always that moment of like coming clean in a film like this too, or any film that has high drama and high stakes. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point he's, he's wanted for this bounty. Um, Alita's not sure what to do. Zapan then stabs him and he's about to die. So, you know, and in order to get a bounty, you got to kill them. You got to kill the person. So then um, Alita takes, takes hit. Uh, Hugo into the church the the people are basically waiting for for them to confirm the kill or whatever. Um, Sharon shows up and instead of like giving them up, Sharon helps Alita and Hugo. So they they come up with this plan where they kill Hugo um, so that Alita gets the bounty, but he's still alive. Um, but they dismembered his head, and then uh, Sharon and Ido they put his head onto a robotic body so that he he becomes an android. Yeah, and Sharon's turn is really, I, I, I liked that she has a turn, and she also hasn't, there's like two redemption arcs in like one scene. Um, yeah. And I like that because, oh, it was just, because it, it kind of harkens back to her maternal side, but also that, hey, 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 not on the bed, not on the bed. Um, but there's a moment earlier when she's like, oh, how did you convince Hugo to, or the kid to do whatever? And he just chuckles and Vector says, huh, I promised him solemn. And that's what he's been promising her the whole time. And she's just kind of, I'm never getting Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It connects for her too, right? Yeah. So she's kind of like, why should I keep helping this guy? I'm never getting back. So that's kind of her, that's when she becomes kind of like a turncoat. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So then um, Sharon talks with Vector and kind of basically admits like, I'm not, she's like, I want out. Right. And he's like, oh, well now I'm going to send you to Zalem. Um, basically whether you, want to or not yeah. and yeah what we what we find out later is like the way you get to Zalem is you are just body parts yep <laughs> and so the, later on it's it's her in a box it's her her eyes and her brain and it, like were there any i don't even know if there's any other body parts i think there was like some hands i think her hands yeah because she's a doctor so i think it's for have her them. hands so they're because they're very dex, dexterous or dexterous or whatever um so I think it makes sense that her hands, her eyes, and her brain. I think yeah. that's all that was in the box, and it's very gruesome. It's that is gruesome. Gross. Yeah, again. Body farmers. Like, it's, because uh, that's what I was saying about what I was saying earlier, is that you're just parts. You're just a part in a bigger play, and all they want is what you can, the parts you can offer, and it's just really gruesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, because that's it for her, right? She's just a parts in a box now. Mm-hmm. 
That's it. Oh my God. That's that's that. Yeah. And that's, that's that her punishment for turning coat. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then, so then later on, we see this Alita has this flashback to like her again, her Michelle Rodriguez attacking Zalem, which is another cool scene. And they, you know, Michelle Rodriguez says, finish the mission, destroy Zalem. Um, and then they see that there's this like ring, this like defense ring that like shoots out at them, and they're yeah, yeah it's all it, it's all really interesting. Um, and so then Alita's like, okay, I have to confront this guy. I have to confront Vector and get get them back for what they did. So she goes there, destroys all the the sent- Sentinels. Um, she she shows up. She finds Vector, confronts him. Garishka shows up, and then just she has to fight Garishka, and then she beats him mm-hmm. and. And then she meets, finally meets Nova through Vector. And then they kind of, you know, have this discussion or whatever. And she's like, you know, you underestimated me. I'm going to, I'm going to take you out. You, you crossed the wrong person. Um, and then she's like, she kills Vector and she's like, yeah, one less puppet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Vector has like, or yeah, has some interesting, or, or Nova has some interesting dialogues. Like, oh, that looks lethal when she gets stabbed. He gets stabbed in the in the chest. Well, one other interesting thing too is, so she she steals Japan's sword. And another really cool thing with with her new suit is that these swords, um, part of her body can like create a flame in the yeah, sword. Yeah, like really cool blue flame, which helps her like cut through stuff. Um, and so again, this is this is old technology that was meant to be used with someone like her, right? She's able to actually maximize the potential of this thing. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool to like see all that stuff come together, right? Oh yeah. And at this point, we really see her as a full-on person, right? Her full potential has been met at this yep. point. It's come full circle. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really cool. Um, and then I forget, but there's some point where like she talks with Dr. Ido and Ido's like, Hugo left. He's going to Zalem. He's going to Zalem and he's climbing up the, uh, he's climbing up the, the ring, um, or the, I forget what it is, but this basically it's this thing that connects the, the, the town with Zalem. Um, and you know, again, he's like, oh, you know, I don't know. He, he thinks he can get there. He still thinks he believes in the dream and he's like, I'm just going to walk up there and it's going to change my life. But she's like, no, there's nothing there for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, oh, I lost you again. Back. My back? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's my internet or something. Yeah, it sucks. Um, yeah, so one thing that's interesting is like, because, you know, for Alita, she's like trying to get into his head. Like, no, we have each other. Like, no, that's what matters. Yeah. Right? That's what matters. It's like we have each other. Like that's what's that's that's all we need. We don't need this other fake crap. Um, it's there's there's nothing there for you. And it's but he doesn't get. It. Yeah, but he doesn't get it. And then we see Nova activate the defense ring, and you know Hugo. He's not able to make it. He's he can't jump over the thing, and then his body gets chopped up. And then he's you know she's holding on to him, holding on to his arm. In my back. Yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, I think my I, I figured out a, a fix, but yeah, my internet it's a problem. Sorry about that. I think no, this should okay. be yeah, this should be okay the rest of the way through. Um yeah, so like I was saying, so Hugo 
got chopped up by this defense ring. Alita's trying to save him. She's holding on to him, but his arm is like falling apart. Yeah. And he says something to you. He basically tells her, like, you just, you gotta let me go. You gotta, you know, it's okay. Um, yeah, and then he falls into the clouds. And that's it for him. That's it for Hugo. Yeah. Falls I, to his death. It's, I think it's, it's definitely sad. Um, I just got, I kind of got mad at that part because I was like, she went through all of this. Sharon went through all of this to, like, get him this robotic body. Yeah, it's not ideal, but, like, some risk went into like getting you this new body and then he, they just kind of kill him off. I mean, it is a little ambiguous cause he falls into the trash heap, but he's not there at the very end of the film. So I assume they didn't find him or if they did, he didn't make it. Um, so that kind of, that kind of annoyed me a little bit actually. Um, but I, it's, it's, I think to push her into being just, I don't know. She's now she's a new, now she's very, very new. Now she's kind yeah. of probably going to have those walls and be, um, a little more reserved when trusting or even falling in love again. Um, so, so I, I get it, but I just, it kind of just pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. I've, I've heard like, so when I saw this with my friends, my friends hated my one friend, he hated, uh, <laughs> he hated Hugo like, and was kind of happy to see him die. <laughs> um, I don't know if I felt that way, but I, I definitely, this feels like this whole arc was like, like you said, it, it's, it's, it's a maturation for her. Mm-hmm. It's just serving the purpose of having her go through that first love and see that you can't always trust people and see that sometimes people lie, even if they're good and, yeah. you know, being heartbroken. Um, but yeah, it is a little convenient that he's just, Oh, well, he's gone. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was a little easy, um, but it's also to make her hate Nova just a lot more too. So. And a, a, another thing, like when she confronts Vector, she's like, oh, you lied to Hugo. He was never going to get to Zal. And that's one of the major things that pissed her off. She's like, oh, you lied to the guy that I love. You just basically destroyed his life because mm-hmm. he believed this lie so much that it, you know, it destroys him. Oh, yeah. False promises do a lot to a person. They really do. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's this. This whole thing is her motivation for fighting Nova, right? Going forward. Um, yeah, so then, like, kind of time passes, and then we get, like, the basically the end of the film. And this, this, so this was a shot I was talking about in the beginning. Uh, we see Alita, and she's about to go into this motorball tournament or event or something. Uh-huh. Uh, and you see, like, the tear come down her eye, and then she, like, slices it with her blade. That was amazing. I, this, this is one of the best CGI shots I've ever seen in my life. That was perfect. It was so good. It was just like, damn. But it's also her, like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of symbolic of, like, her slicing away her feelings or her fear or her her sadness or her doubt. She's just like, no, I don't have time for that. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go rip some heads off. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the another part of this is, like, um, the only real way to get to Zalem is to become, like, the the grand champion or something like that of motorball. And that's basically what she's doing now. And we're seeing her getting towards the end of, of that journey. Um, and she's basically about to achieve that so that she can then confront Nova. And then in the end, we see Nova, we get to see his face and who, so who is Nova? Who's the actor? Uh, As far as I can tell, that is Edward Norton. And I don't believe he's even listed on IMDb as being in this film. Um, because there's kind of some, like, vague shots of him. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that guy looks really familiar. Like, is that who 
I think it is. And then the very end, it just confirmed it. I was like, you set up something so I know. good. Because I don't think I've ever seen Edward Norton be a villain before. Um, I can't I can't recall. Maybe there was something that I'm just not remembering at the moment. But mm-hmm. no, that's, that's pretty good. It's like... Yeah, that reveal was great. And it's a really right. It's a teaser. You're like, whoa, okay, I'm sold in. Like, give yeah. me more. Exactly. I, I, I thought it was great. And I, I don't know if there'll ever be another, another film, but it kind of, if there's not, you know, you can kind of leave it to your own imagination. Um, Cause there's a plenty of, of this film that fuels that imagination. Um, yeah. No, I thought it was good. I liked it. I, I had no problems with it. Um, Hugo's death might be one of the few things that I might have issue with. Pardon me, but other than that, I thought it was great. So how? Okay, from a one to ten, one being I'm not interested at all, ten being I want it more than anything. How much do you want an Alita sequel after seeing this movie? I can. I would want to see it. My, my fear is that it wouldn't be as good as the first one. That they would try and they would try and overcompensate being better than the first one. But um, I think there's still some pretty good sequels out there that they could learn from and some bad ones that they could also learn from. Um, but I would love, I would love to see a continuation. I want to know more about her. I want to know, I want to see her, her fight Nova. I want to see her play motorball. I want to see her. Um, I just want to see her do, do more. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking about this and I, I feel like the, the, the answer to like that question and the way that you can get a sequel for sure is if James Cameron directed the sequel. I feel like that's, that would make it happen. If he said, yeah, I'm going to do the sequel, it would happen 100%, right? Yeah, I think I think it definitely would. And I think obviously studios would be more than happy to throw as much money at him as he wanted. Um, I don't know if that'll ever happen just because I feel like Avatar's really consumed his life. Avatar has um, consumed his life, yeah. I think he might die making those movies and we've only had one. The I know. There's going to be like, what, four movies, five movies or something? There will be at least... There, there. So he said recently that he, he said he was done with photography for Avatar two, and ninety five percent done with photography for Avatar three. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a lot. But you know that I, I really think it is possible that he could direct the sequel. I think it is possible. Um, I think because it would be good if he did. Yeah, I th- and I think we would get a really, really good film. We'd get a really good sequel if he did direct it, because I think that you know he'll be done with avatar at least up to five within the next three years. And then after that, he could do the sequel to this. Uh, But I feel like that's the way that we would get a sequel if it ever were to happen. Yeah. And I think it would be done. And I think it would still be, I think, I think it's still, it would be good Um, because I want more of the Alita world. I want to go back and like, I I already want to watch it another, a second time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So overall verdicts, what are your feelings? What are the things you really liked about this? And what, what, what's your final, final thoughts? My favorite part was her. I mean, I know that sounds really silly to say, but I think she was just such a, a humble heroine and which is really rare to see with, you know, heroes, you know, sometimes they just know how great they are. And I feel like Marvel did a good job of humbling superheroes a little bit instead of them all being like a Christopher Reeves Superman where they know how great they are and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I think she was just really, she was naturally humble. She was curious. She was happy. You know, you see her go through all of these, these things that an average teenager would go through until you get to adulthood and then you're kind of on your own. Um, yeah, she makes friends. She falls in love, you know, like 
she's a badass. Like she was my favorite part. She was just so human. Yeah. And she's not. And that's what makes Ito's line, you know, you're the most human person I've ever met. Um, so great. And she has this just she's a really good leader. Like she doesn't have like a posse of people behind her and even the bounty hunters didn't follow her, but like she know that at one point she was a a leader of maybe troops or something like that. Um, but yeah, she was she was definitely my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, I I think that just the the effects that they did with her too, with her too. We talked about that throughout. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so good, so well done. I mean, some of the best CGI I've ever seen yeah. is the stuff they did for her using motion capture. It's just so impressive, and especially considering that they made choices to make her look more like the anime, like the manga, and the fact that that worked and we didn't go like, oh, that's weird. It was like, oh, that's that works. And I, I, I empathize with this this person and it, it's, you know, there's there's the, you know, the, I forget, the Uncanny Valley and she did not fall into the Uncanny Valley. Like it, it, it worked. Yeah, she um, mm-hmm. And also, yeah, like you said, the character is so, so good. And the, you know, it's hard to do world building well sometimes. It can be too expository or people think things can be confusing. But I feel like they did a good job of like, you know, we start at the beginning and we see this stuff and then we, you know, we see the city and we see this trash and then we see her and then she's born basically. And then she's learning about the world and we learn about motorball and all this stuff. And we learn about the war between Erm and, um, and humans. And so she basically fought for Erm, which was the, the Martian Republics or something. And that's how that battle on the moon happened. And all that stuff kind of gets laid out very easily for us. And it's not confusing. And where it easily could because there's so much there. And I mean, this whole world to me is based on Earth, but it almost feels like it could be not our planet. No, absolutely, definitely. It's Yeah, world building is one of the hardest things to get right. You know, like you said, it can be either too much or too little and then your audience doesn't know what to make of either and when you when it's done right people enjoy it and when it's done right it it can stand the test of time or you can it can be a continuation and then you can you can show more and reveal more oh well this is what it's like in the south or the north or maybe there's other cities that may not have a a sky city above them but there's still other people um yeah no it's 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 one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Visually stunning and just a great story. Yeah, and I think the thing that really, like like you said, you want to see more of this world. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's when you know the world building worked. It's like, you're like, oh, I want to immerse myself more in the mythos, right? And this, yeah, this movie makes you feel like you want more, especially when you see Edward Norton and you're like, oh, that's the villain? Oh, exactly. yes. And you're like, oh, god damn, I want to be a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. So... Elite Army, let's go. <laughs> let's get that sequel to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was I was so worried that they were going to, I don't know. I, I, you know how people are with like women who turn into cyborgs or something like that. It can either be really tasteful or it can just be really uncomfortable. And it was done in such a tasteful way that it was just, I felt, I was like, please protect her from, from bad things, please. And it was just so good. She was wonderful. I love Alita. Yeah, yeah, I like Alita too. I, 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 I um, yeah, this was this was definitely a movie that was really high on my radar, um, and I'm really interested to see like where it's gonna go from here because I think it's got a strong presence of a fan base, strong fan base, 
and there's a lot of people behind it. And I think I think the fan base is going to push us to see a sequel at some point, which is exciting. Yeah, I, I so, really hope so. I want to go uh, back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. Um, especially if it's like at this level where if we get something that you know can do a Terminator Two of this world that's already been built, like man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? man, it's going to be exciting. Cameron already has one of the greatest sequels ever made. Uh, like, yeah, he already has that credit, and that's why I feel like. Like with, you, with what you said, like if James Cameron was involved, I trust it. I trust yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, cool. So, yeah, that's our review of Alita Battle Angel. Um, well, thanks to everyone for stopping by and listening. Um, and have a great rest of your weekend. And may the force be with you. And live long and prosper. <laughs>